You're listening to Plug Into Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome to Plug Into Health. I am your host, Angela Dea. Today we are talking about the Sunday Scaries. Now, if you've never heard of this term, you might be thinking, what on earth could be so scary about Sunday? Because really, there can be so much to love about Sunday. For some, it might be brunch, football, church, spending time with family, or completing tasks like laundry, grocery shopping, or meal prepping. That tends to be mine. However, many Americans definitely think that there is something scary about Sunday. And here's what it is. It's that feeling of anxiety or dread that starts to creep up, typically on Sunday evenings when you realize that tomorrow is Monday and you have to go back to reality, back to work, and all of the responsibilities that come with that. The Sunday scaries are not only real, they're common. Research from LinkedIn shows 80% of Americans worry about the week ahead on Sundays, Of those surveyed, 60% say their source of anxiety stems from worrying about their workload, 44% from balancing their professional and personal lives, and 39% from thinking about the tasks that they didn't finish the week prior. Also, if you're on Instagram, you can search the hashtag SundayScaries. I just checked it out this morning. It has 193,000 posts under that hashtag. Um, There's some definitely very serious posts, but some kind of humorous ones as well. One that caught my eye, uh, it's a woman sitting on her couch, and she's holding this big letter board sign, and it says, is it even Sunday if you don't binge Netflix and have anxiety by 6 p.m.? Made me chuckle, but it's kind of real. So what is the solution? How can we enjoy our Sundays and stop becoming so overwhelmed by what awaits us in the week ahead? I'm thrilled to have Lisa Tutsky, a licensed marriage and family therapist for Prevea Behavioral Care on the show today. Lisa is incredibly well-spoken on a variety of behavioral care topics, and I'm looking forward to getting her thoughts on this. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. First, I want everybody to get to know a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about what you do as a licensed marriage and family therapist and how long you've been practicing. So I received my degree in 2002 uh, and then started practicing. So I've been in practice since about 2002, 2003. I've worked for Prevea for 15 years as a therapist uh, and also supervisor and manager. My main role as a therapist is to work with children, couples, and families. So my general rule when I see people is that whatever problems we struggle with, we don't struggle with those necessarily alone. We struggle with those in terms of other relationships, other dynamics. It's really looking at things from not just everybody has to own their own problem, but how do we work together as systems, as families, as groups to support each other? Uh, And so in therapy, that's what I do. My practice is really primarily if I have a child working with the child and their parents, if I have an adult who's struggling working with them and their children or their spouse, other family members, it's really involving everybody as a whole to help to solve the problem. We really should be living as a community as opposed to uh, individual silos. I'm going to guess in all of that experience uh, that you've just explained that 
you've probably encountered people who go through this Sunday anxiety or anxiety in general. Oh, absolutely. And it affects children as well as adults. So it's certainly something that adults struggle with as far as it's going to be time to go to work. It's time for Monday to come. It's time to get back into the grind. But it is also something that children struggle with as well. Uh, And often children will have a really difficult time. Monday mornings are generally not a fun time at a lot of people's houses. Where is this all stemming from? Why is this happening to so many people? I think because the stress of the week is so much. If you look at what families are doing, what people are taking on in a week, it is an insane, crazy amount of things. We are putting ourselves in a position where we're almost expecting perfection from ourselves. And and none of us can be perfect. And so when you look at the week ahead, typically you're looking at what do I have to do for work? What do I have to do for my children? What do I have to do for my home? What are the just all of the things that need to be attended to? Life is busy. Families are running in a ton of different directions. Children are in a lot of different activities. That takes up a lot of time. You have trying to figure out how do we get homework done? How do we eat? How do we get chores done? How do we get the things done in a day when you're spending the day, most of it, at work or doing other kinds of things, volunteering, things that take up your time that are really important and necessary? How do you get all the other stuff done? And so when you look at, I have to start the week, that's a lot to take on. Saturdays and Sundays, if you're not working, you have off, you have the whole day. Everybody gets to take a breather. It's nice to be able to sleep in a little bit. It's nice to be able to take your time. It's nice to be able to go to the store, to not feel rushed, to not race around. Monday through Friday, we often feel like we're running. Uh, The thing that I often hear is I feel like a chicken with my head cut off. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what... Don't you think this has gotten worse over the years that we're we're packing our schedules and our to-do lists with more and more? Maybe that's contributing to it as well. Absolutely. We have say yes to way too many things. I think that we we often overextend ourselves. We want to be helpful. We want to be involved. We want our kids to be involved and to do things. If you look at the level of, of competition that exists, uh, even just in children's sports uh, or children's activities, I mean, it is incredibly intense. You have kids who are very young playing on tournament teams, traveling, uh, practicing several nights a week. It's a lot to take on. And if you have, as most families do, more than one child, you have a ton of stuff that you have to get done in a day and a week just carting those children around and trying to figure out how they eat and and what do they eat and how do they get their homework done. And you add in your own things that you've said yes to, and it's overwhelming. We put a lot of pressure on people to be to be active. So adults, we should be getting exercise. We should be making time for exercise. We should be making time for ourselves, self-care, mindfulness. We should be fixing meals for our families. We should be keeping our house clean. We should. There's all these things that we are told, if you want to be a successful adult, this is what it looks like. And people are inundated now because of social media, uh, because of the uh, the ability to see how other people show that they live their lives. Now, I don't think that everybody really lives their lives that way. Facebook, Instagram, that is a snapshot where we can show our best self. Uh, rarely do we show our not best self. 
it just builds the pressure to live life and make it look a certain way. And, and people are overwhelmed by that because we can't actually live that way. It's exhausting. What I'm hearing as well from you is that Sunday scaries don't just affect necessarily people who have stressful jobs. This is affecting children. It can affect, I mean, stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads. It really can affect anyone. Absolutely. And I consider stay-at-home parents, that's a, that's a job. That's a full-time job. Just like somebody who leaves the home, they're just working in their home um, and attending to different things. They have different stressors, but still all very real. And we do see children get very anxious on Sundays, that they need to go back into that school routine. They need to go back into having to get up early, having to follow all of those rules and remember what should they do, what shouldn't they do. Our children are under a lot of stress as well. What we are asking them to do academically is a lot more than what what you know we were asked to do at, at that same age. Uh, what we are involving them in in after-school activities is often a lot. They don't get to have downtime. They don't get to have time to play. The weekends, often there is more downtime, more time to play, more time to relax. But during the week, they are running from the time they get up until the time they come home, and they're exhausted. Nobody likes that anticipation of, I know that I'm going to go do something really hard and stressful. And when you are facing a week that you know is going to be challenging, yeah, you feel anxious. Nobody wants to go do that. And that does typically start on Sundays, usually Sunday evening, as it starts to get dark, around dinner time, as that time starts to shift, people start to move into that mode of, okay, I got to get ready for Monday. I need to meal prep. I, 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 do I have everything I need? I, I need to get my clothes out. I, and, and we stop relaxing and we start to live in that very high-paced mode. Can you kind of expand on that? What, maybe, maybe somebody doesn't realize what they're experiencing is that anxiety, um, or maybe they can relate to what you're about to describe. So if you can kind of paint that picture, what do people start feeling? feeling like physically and mentally when they're going through that anxiety? So typically what happens is is they start to feel anxious in their body. So they'll have some what we call somatic symptoms. They might start to have an increased heart rate. They might start to get stomach aches, headaches, sweaty palms, or just all over start to have sweatiness. Um, They start to feel really anxious. A lot of kids will describe it as having butterflies in their stomach. As adults, we feel the same thing. You start to often feel a heaviness or a pressure in your chest. Some people start to feel so overwhelmed that they want to cry or they want to just go and curl up and pull the covers over their heads and just hide. Mentally, I think that they start to go 10 steps ahead. It's, well, what's going to happen tomorrow? We stop living in the moment. We start anticipating what's going to happen. We're anticipating things that we can't actually control. Uh, And so we are planning for all sorts of contingencies and making ourselves anxious without really knowing exactly what's going to happen. We stop living in the moment. We stop being mindful. We stop paying attention to what is here, what is now, and, and, and really enjoying the moment. And it's very easy to become anxious when you do that. I, I will say I, I suffer. I go through Sunday anxieties, um, sometimes just anxiety in general. And what happens to me is a lot of what you had explained, um, I feel a lot of it 
in my chest and my mind starts to race like the chicken with its head cut off. And it usually kicks in about maybe three, four o'clock. And it's I start to, that people use that term rage cleaning. I start cleaning my house. I've got to get the clothes ready for work. I have to start thinking about um, lunches and, and, you know, daycare and school the next day. But what I find, however, is my behavior when that happens to me is that sometimes that projects on my family members. You know, maybe I'm a little extra short with my husband or my daughter. Um, And you start to realize that, your Sunday anxieties can be projected onto others as well. Absolutely. And it certainly affects men and women. Mm -hmm. Uh, The saying of, ain't nobody happy if mama isn't happy Mm -hmm. is very true. I think if parents are struggling, kids feel that. It shifts the emotional mood in the home. and, And people can feel that. Now, kids often don't know why that's happening or what to do about that. And they certainly don't have any control over that either. But if they're getting snapped at, if they sense tension, then they start to get tense. Their behavior will start to get poor. Then they might start to fight with each other. Emotional meltdowns, crying, tantrums over silly little things because they feel the overall tension in the home. And I think you talked to really one of the things about that that Sunday evening that is really hard is just preparing for the week ahead that we know we will not get to live in this maybe slightly more relaxed way you're thinking about just even the stress of I have to get up in the morning I have to take a shower I have to do my hair I have to get dressed I have to what things do I have to do all things that on the weekends we can let slide a little bit Uh, and kids feel the same way they don't just get to get up and you know, maybe leisurely make their way to have breakfast and they, they have to get up, they have to get dressed. We move at a pace that is frenetic uh, and it's exhausting. So knowing you're going to have to do that, that is not a lot of fun. Mm, all of that is so well said. So now my question to you or my my plea, help. How How can we make Sundays less stressful? How, how can we prevent this from happening? So I think there's probably two kind of ways to look at that. One would be from a larger scale. We need to start saying no to things. We need to start setting limits and boundaries. Now, we have been led to believe that if we set boundaries, if we say no to things, if, if we turn down opportunities, that then we're not being helpful and we're not being good people. We are in some way hurting somebody. Now, if you have a child who's involved in activities, that's something that they really love, and you're going to set limits, the child's going to be upset. Yep, they are. But that somehow that makes us a bad parent then. Well, that's not the case. Uh, at work. There are some things you certainly can't say no to. There are also some things you can say no to. In your own personal life, volunteering, what are you being asked to do? Invitations to go out with friends, uh, invitations to be involved in committees and groups and book clubs, and all of that is really can be really fun stuff. But we take on too much. So, So from a larger perspective, kind of globally, I think we have to be able to learn to say no to things. No to things for ourselves and no to things for our children and, and our families. And understanding that there needs to be more self-care, more downtime, more quiet time in the course of a week. Uh, so that would be the first piece. And I think the second piece is 
on Sundays, really working to stay present in the moment, understanding that Monday's going to come whether we're anxious about it or not. So how do we stay present in the moment? And what are the things that you can do to prepare that are realistic, meal prepping, getting lunches ready, getting clothes ready, whatever that is for the week, but also making sure that you are still enjoying that time that is still left on Sunday, that when it starts to be that afternoon, early evening, you're not already living in Monday, live in Sunday, you still have that moment. Um, And then, you know, I think the other thing is finding things to do that you do enjoy. There's a lot of things we say yes to we don't really like. We just say yes to them because we feel like we have to do them. So finding things that you enjoy that you can put in in your week, that that's really what self-care looks like, is finding things that make you happy, that bring you joy, and it does not have to be what brings somebody else joy. It's what brings you joy. What things do you like and what do you need at the end of the day to look forward to? Or what do you need at the beginning of the day? And one of my favorite things to do every morning is to get up a little bit earlier than what everybody else does um, and take 10 minutes to just drink my coffee in peace. That's a fantastic way to start the day. It's quiet. Nobody's bothering me. I get to just breathe. I sit and look outside. It is relaxing. It requires 10 minutes of less sleep, but it's worth it because I get that alone time. I start my day on a much more positive note. I love that. I have to try that. That's a good one. You know, and and you brought this one up uh, as well. Um, You know, the more that I think that you can uh, prepare on Sundays, um, maybe, I don't know, what are your thoughts on this? Like maybe in the morning you, you spend some time, you know, packing lunches for the week or setting out clothes ahead of time so that come evening that stuff is done. And maybe you feel a little bit more organized. Yeah, I think that it's really what works for you. Some people, it works to get everything ready on the weekend. And that's a great thing for them. They like to have everything prepared. They have the snacks ready. They have, you know, lunches ready. They have they have that stuff ready to go, meal prepping. There are some people who say, you know what, I, I, I'm just going to get it ready at the at the end of the day the night before and that's fine too I think it's what works for people you know I am not a huge uh, meal prep person or a huge because I find that then I get stuck in what's going to happen in the next week much more easily so if I only do what I need to do at night to get ready for the next morning the basic things that I know will make my life easier those are the things that I do but then there's also still time to sit and to read or to watch a TV show or talk to a friend. I think that's the other piece of this is that it is so easy in our evenings to get lost and stuck in social media, uh, online, electronic kinds of things. We're missing human connection. And human connection is what helps us cope, helps us to feel better. The more connected we feel, the happier we are. And social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all of that serves a purpose, but it's not true connection. So in the evenings, you're going to spend time preparing lunches or clothes or getting stuff ready for the next day. I think that's fantastic. But then when you do have that quiet time at the end of the evening, making sure you're spending that truly connecting with people. Let's use the phone and let's call people. Let's use electro, you know, let's use technology to its advantage and let's FaceTime with somebody. 
not just text, not sit and scroll through social media, not sit and look through the news. We just make ourselves more anxious about things we can't control. In a relationship, having connection, we find some peace, some harmony, some happiness. I think that is so well spoken. You literally took um, my next question. What was going to be was, you know, do you feel that all the time that we're spending on our phones and electronics contribute to some of this? Because I find sometimes the way that I cope with my anxiety is that I will just kind of zone out for a little bit on my my smartphone and scroll Instagram, scroll Facebook, scroll Snapchat. And really, in the end, it's just making me more anxious and more tired. I don't get a good night's sleep, which I think contributes to anxiety. And I think a lot of people are affected by that. So I think that's a really great point. And they they absolutely are. I mean, I think when you look at social media, you are seeing how everybody else wants you to think they're living their life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I always tell my patients that if you look at a picture on Facebook, It's a picture of the family together on Christmas morning. It's the best picture of the bunch, right? Nobody, most people are not posting the five pictures before and the, you know, five pictures after where nobody's looking at the camera and somebody's screaming and they're posting the prettiest thing. They're posting the thing that looks the best. And when we look at those things, what we do is we start to believe that other people are living their life better than we are. And then we start to think about all the things that we don't like, all the things that we're unhappy about, or we start to find problems and things maybe we didn't really think was a problem because other people live differently. We need to disconnect. And it is good to spend time disconnected from social media at bedtime, especially close to bedtime. And I encourage people, you know, there's a reason that books still exist. Read a book. Read a magazine. Some people can't read a book because they get too into it. That's fine. Read a magazine. But watching other people live their life is not a way that makes us feel better about how we live our own lives. We need to actually live in our lives and connect with the people that are there. Absolutely. Thank you for that. How, how does somebody know if what they're feeling, that anxiety they're feeling, is something a little bit more serious? Maybe they need to make an appointment or see a therapist. How do you know? Typically, what we use as the marker in behavioral care is that, you know, some anxiety, some sadness, some of that stuff, that is all normal, right? We all experience that uh, at different occasions, at different times, because of different reasons. But when it really starts to impact functioning is when we're concerned. So if people are so anxious that they can't go to work, or they can't go to school, or they can't sleep at all, or they uh, they feel such depression or sadness that you know, they're unable to enjoy activities that they used to enjoy, withdrawing from people or activities that they previously were connected to. Th- those are warning signs that maybe this is more than just you know, a little bit of a struggle with an adjustment, or it's more than just a difficulty on, on a Sunday night before work. If people are really unable to function in the way that they need to, then we say it's it's probably worth talking to your doctor, reaching out to a counselor, you know, finding some additional help for that so that um, we don't experience things like loss of jobs or loss of relationships, uh, things that can happen when anxiety or depression really go unchecked. Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody who, who may not 
feel they necessarily need to see a doctor or a therapist, but maybe get those bouts of anxiety, maybe whether it be Sunday evening or Monday or Tuesday evening or whenever. Any tips on things? What can we do in that moment when we're going through that physical feeling of anxiety? How can we sort of level out or find a sense of calm? So there is some great breathing exercises that can be really helpful. Usually when we start to get anxious, our breathing starts to get very rapid. Uh, And we want to try to control that. The more that we breathe rapidly, then the more our heart rate increases. We we feel elevated and escalated. So there's some really great mindfulness techniques. There's also some great apps. There's benefits to technology that teach us to breathe, to teach us to calm ourselves down. Even being able to wear a heart rate monitor and to monitor what, what that heart rate is and be able to lower your heart rate as you start to feel anxious. Now, being able to just take a few deep breaths in through your nose and back out through your mouth, usually three or four times is enough to start to settle somebody. Focus on what can I do right now to find some happiness? What can I do right now in this moment? Now, there are, there are things that when we feel anxious about them, we can do something to make it better. So does making lunches ahead of time calm the anxiety? That's fantastic. Do that. If it's something bigger we don't have control over, we need to find something to distract ourselves. Get into a book, get into a TV show, call a friend, meet with neighbors, reach out, be involved in activities to help to calm yourself down. Great tips. Anything else I'm missing on this topic? Anything you want to add? No, I think it just is really, I would reiterate that it's important to have relationships. The more connected we are, the more people we have to lean on, the better that we do. We tend to live in a world where we've isolated ourselves, and life was not meant to be lived alone. We we are meant to be part of a community. It takes a village is a very true saying, but we don't live in a village anymore. We live in these tiny little silos where we think that we have to do everything by ourselves. We don't. We need to be really reaching out. We need to be relational. We need to be connected to people because the more relationship we have, the easier life is to manage. Lisa, thank you so much for your insight today. Again, Lisa Tutsky is a licensed marriage and family therapist at Purveya Health. She recently joined us for another episode of Plug Into Health to discuss how women, particularly moms, can find relief from some of the mental load of responsibilities they tend to carry for their families. It was a very insightful discussion. I encourage you to check that out. That episode is available now on Plug Into Health. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit provea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Provea Health at Provea.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Provea Health.